It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey guys, welcome to episode six of The Table. My name is Jason Squires and I am the director of mentorship for Worship Leader Magazine. Today's conversation is with a guy that I grew up listening to, uh, listening to their music, going to their concerts. Um, I actually accepted Christ at one of their concerts in the early 90s with songs like Basics of Life, Where There is Faith, and Measure of a Man. Uh, my guest today is Andy Chrisman from For Him and, and, and now is at Church on the Move in Oklahoma. Andy and I sit down and talk about uh, how to take what you have as a band and make it awesome. And what does that mean? What does that even, what does that look like? And how do you uh, take your situation and really thrive in that? So join me as uh, Andy and I sit down and chat. Hey everybody, I'm Jason Squires. Welcome to the next episode of the Table Podcast. Uh, we're excited. I have a special guest today. Uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Andy Chrisman. How you doing, Jason? Oh, it's good. Good, good. <laughs> I'm doing good. Uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to hang out today and excited to chat through this. Um, we're, talking to, we're talking about taking what you have and making it awesome and uh like this whole month and so i we've, we've chatted before and so i was like we got to get you on the podcast and talk talk through this but before we get into that uh want, let's talk a little bit about you your ministry life family life tell us about andy crispin so do you want where i am now or do you want a little bit of my journey let's, t- let, or... let's talk the whole journey i want to okay. hear okay all right how, uh, how long you got i got i mean we're, we're here i can i can always edit but no <laughs> we're here we're here let's hear <laughs> yeah so um i i've been doing uh I've been doing some sort of music ministry, um, you know, professional musician thing for, wow, 30, so almost 35 years. I, I started back in 1987. I like how that's group. prefaced with a wow, but yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I know. I don't look a day over 55, do I? Because that's how old I am. Um, I started in a group called Truth in 1987 when I was 20 years old. Um, I'd always kind of had a you know, a gift for singing and being on stage and leading people in worship. And I uh, just never knew how to grow that gift or where to point that gift. I grew up in Waco, Texas, and Texas back in the mid eighties was not a hotbed for musical. You know, there wasn't a lot of, you know, big time musicians coming out of Waco. And I just didn't grow up in an environment that really encouraged me to pursue that. So it's like, I had this gift I knew that was from God, but I didn't really know how to use it. So I just kind of just did everything else that I could besides pursue music. And um, man, just through a real crossroads in my life spiritually, I just, I just told God, I went, whatever you want to do, God, I, I'm yours, right? You created me, you know me, you gave me this gift. So you must have a plan for it. So I'm just gonna, I'm just basically gonna sit down until you come and get me. And that's what I did. I went to college and studied math and, and, and uh, engineering for a few years in Oklahoma, in Oklahoma. And um, you know, God answered that prayer by um, putting me on the phone with a man named Roger Breland, 
who uh, who was who had a group called Truth and launched the careers of people like man uh, Natalie Grant and Avalon and uh, man just there's so many so many people in the music industry over a 40 year span that came out of Truth. So um, I, I got a I got a call from him in 1987. And he invited me to come audition for the group. And so I did. And I felt like that was the Lord's answering my prayer of this is what I created you to do. So I, I left out. I went on the road, um, did 345 shows that first year in truth, which wow. I know. Think about that for a second. <laughs> There's only 365 days in a year. Wow. In fact, I was on a, I was on another friend's podcast that I traveled in truth with John Thorne, who's a bass player back then. And he literally kept his schedule from that year because it was so mind blowing. And he's like, I can go down to every one of the dates. So we did 345 shows that year. And that's, that's where crazy. I met the other three guys that would form for him. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we sang together in truth. We did a thousand concerts together in about three years in truth Jeez. before we ever did a concert is for him. Okay. Um, our first record came out in 1990. First single where there's faith went number one, just like that. And we were off and running. I mean, we, uh, we had a really, really nice career for about 16 years. And then we, we, it, it's like God started to speak to each one of us to say, hey, I got something else for you. It's not just this. And uh, I was kind of the first one to, to take a step of faith outside the group and became a worship pastor at a church that I helped um, launch in Orlando, Florida in 2000. Then Mark kind of joined that, that ministry um, uh, just that ministry direction just a couple of years later. And he, he got on staff at a church in Alabama and we just started to slow for him down to where we all felt like this was, this is what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, so in 2005, I left Orlando and accepted a full-time worship position at church on the move in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which at the time was about a 10,000 member church here in Tulsa. And I've been here for 16 years. I have two grown children five grandchildren. Um, you know, I travel across the country. I was just at Prestonwood Baptist church this past weekend and yeah. led their worship. I hung out with my friend, Michael Neal and did some music there. And I travel all over the country and lead worship. I, I coach, I, I teach vocals. I, I write, I, you know, I produce, I'm doing a big Christmas show. Um, and it's, you know, I'm kind of producing that whole thing here in Tulsa. And, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's a fun time of life right now where, um, you know, after 35 years of pushing it pretty hard, um, I feel like, you know, I'm starting to see um, things kind of both on the same uh, level, slow down and pick up yep. and, and just kind of God saying, where do you want to go now? What do you want to do? I'll, I'll take your where you want to go. That's amazing. <clears throat> That's amazing. I, uh, where there is faith was your first for him album. Yeah. Yeah. What was wow. the album was called just for him. Yeah. Nine songs on it. We recorded it in about 10 days. Okay. Uh, on a break between truth concerts <laughs> in, in January of 20 or of 1990 and, uh, where there's faith, I think went number one in like April, yeah. sometime April. I've got all my little reminders around here somewhere, but it, yeah, it's a, there's a plaque up here somewhere about where there's faith, but, um, and what, what song just celebrated an anniversary? Oh uh, yeah. Measure of a man. Measure, me measure of a man. Yeah. 20 yeah on december 2nd it it celebrated 25 years of being a number one song that's awesome which just blew my mind that's crazy I, we can't be that old 
Yeah, <laughs> well, you said. Well, you're not. Kid, I am. I'm not talking kids about kids and you know. You said grown kids and uh, and uh, five grandkids, and I yeah. you don't you don't look a day over fifty five. I um, appreciate that. Thank yeah, you. Anytime, <laughs> anytime. Happy happy to be here for you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so you're 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 prepping to launch kind of a new phase of ministry. You we yes. talk and talk to us about that. What is that? I uh, mentioned a little bit about it and kind of what the next season looks like. But what is what does it look like for Andy Christman? So, like I said, I've been I've been working for someone or or with a group of people for 35 years. Um, yep. Basically, I've been a either a, a co-owner of a business or I've been um, under the leadership of an executive staff at a church. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit back in 2019 said, um, "Mission accomplished. You've you've done what I've called you to do. Uh, now let's just let's just go do some fun things together." I don't know what those were. I mean, I, 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 you know, when you're, um, when you're not used to working your own business, um, I, I wasn't sure what that was going to be. I was excited and terrified at the same time. Yeah. So my wife and I just spent a lot of time in prayer, spent about a year in prayer about it, which is, you know, every time God's called me to do something different, there's, we've taken about a year. We haven't just moved like quick. We just take some time to pray and, and God, what do you want us to do? We want to, we want to do this right. So February of 2019 or 2020, I resigned my full-time position at Church on the Move, which, I mean, you know, if you know your history books, that was a month before the pandemic shut everything down. So I'm like, oh, thanks, God. I appreciate that. But no, it was great. Right. It was really great. No, it, it was, and I've talked to a lot of, of uh, independent ministers or people that travel for a living, and they're just like, you know, it kind of was our best year ever. Um, just because of the opportunities that arose and how God took care of us. Um, so... You know, I just felt uh, there were about a dozen churches across the country I knew that I had great relationship with that I knew had talked to me about coming in and just helping them revamp their their worship team and and kind of and kind of pick apart their culture a little bit, make sure they're heading the right direction. And that's something I'm skilled to do. Uh, do some mentoring with their senior worship pastors, <clears throat> and then uh, and I just I fell in love with vocal coaching about five years ago. I had a friend of mine that owns a um, a music school here in town. And he had a couple of uh, voice, the voice and uh, American Idol contestants that had come to him for some training before they went on to Hollywood. And he's like, I didn't know who to call. So he called me and I was awesome. like, yeah, that sounds like fun. I'll come in and do that. And then man, all of a sudden it's like the, the floodgates open and I, all these worship pastors started contacting me. Yeah. Um, well, I you, you can kind of sing the phone book and I would listen to it. I mean, oh, well, you, have I appreciate that, that. you have that voice, you have that. I, I do appreciate that. I, you know, I, one thing I know God has gifted me, I'm not shy about it. I don't, um, I'm not all shucks about it. I know God's gifted me with a, with a voice that is significant and can, uh, it brings peace to people. In fact, that's the first line of my mission statement is I sing. That's what God, that's the first thing God's created me to do, but I've done it, uh, without any vocal problems for 35 years. And that started to ring a bell for me of like, um, I don't know very many people that have done the, what I have done and not had vocal issues at some point. So I just started to take apart my process Yep. and I started noticing a lot of tendencies with worship pastors across the country, even a lot of big name worship leaders that have had to sit down over the last couple of years because of nodules and, and uh, a lot of the vocal problems they've been having. And I was able to put a system together now that I regularly teach. I have churches That's that awesome. come to me and bring their entire worship staff to me and go get these guys healthy so that, that's something I'm really going to expand upon in the next year or so. And, and there's a book coming with that, but it's, it, I also have a radio show 
have, I, have a, I have a radio show that's on 430 stations around the awesome. world. We have about 5 million listeners a weekend. I play modern worship music, talk to artists and worship leaders um, uh, with my with interviews. And it's just one of those God things. He dropped it in my lap back in, 20, in 2006. And um, man, I just, I'm just like, God, I can't believe you allow me to to do this on a regular basis. So, so there's man. that. Um, anyway, it's just kind of like, go pick the grains of, you know, of all the, of all the wheat fields you've planted and, and I'll sustain you. And that's kind of what it's been like. So. That's so good. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so this month in our podcast, we're talking about um, taking what you have and making it awesome as a band, as a church, whether it's full teams, whether it's, you know, one person on guitar, whether you're a vocalist that doesn't play an instrument and, um, you know, you're supposed to lead. I was talking to a worship leader a while back that, um, that they're, you know, they're, she, she led vocally and only was only by the, it was only able to do it if the piano player was available. You know, there was no, like no, you know, volunteers was, was rough. And so, like we wanted to sit this, spend this whole month and kind of talk through like, what does that look like as a church? And if you don't have, and how do you make, and where does that come from? And um, so I love, I love your heart. I and mean, it's talking to your, I love your heart about pouring into people. Um, and what would you say to the worship leader that's struggling like week to week because they're lacking volunteers and they, they aren't feeling like they can measure up to what they see online. Like, you know, especially coming out of COVID where it was felt like, I mean, every church went online and some, you know, full production and then some not full production. And, you know, we have pet pastors that go, I want to sound like that. And you go, we can't sound like that. And how does that, what would you say to that worship leader that's feeling that right now? So, you know, with, with, with every issue in life, you have to look at yourself and you have to go, am I the problem? Am I prepared to do this? I mean, as a, as a husband, as a dad, as a business owner, if things aren't going the way I hope they would go, I can spend a lot of time blaming everybody else for the issues that we're having, but the healthiest thing to do is to look at me and go, okay, what am I, am I set up to do this properly? Did I, you know, do I have the right tools to be able to do this? Do I have the right people around me? Um, You know, one of the things that I see in churches across the country is we have a culture issue is that there is no culture. (laughs) It's a borrowed culture from every other church that we see online or or it's a direct command from the senior leadership of our church to say, be awesome, yep. <laughs> go that way. But then there's no, there's no cultural directive given past that. Or I love what I see at Elevation. I love what I see at, at uh, Bethel. I love what I see at Hillsong. Be that. And you've got someone who maybe got thrown into this at 20, 21 years old. They didn't go to seminary. They don't have a, lot, they don't have a theological background about what worship really is. Uh, and then they may have a a voice, and this is where I get passionate, is they have a voice that's never been trained. So yep. they sing week in and week out, and they feel the pressure to get better and better and better, and then this starts to fail. The yep. voice starts to fail. And when the voice fails over and over, then it affects the mind. And once the mind starts to fail, it affects the heart. And when the heart starts to fail, that's when you have you have real problems. People walk away or they you know, they have a, they have a struggle that really overtakes them in life. So I, I would say if someone is at a church and they're feeling overwhelmed or they don't feel like they're, they're able to do the job that they're asked to do, 
to me, the best thing to, to do is just erase the erase, erase the board. So I told you earlier, I was a math major in college. Yep. And uh, one of my- I thought that was interesting, engineering and math, which is not yeah. normally a musician's path. I know, right? Um, one, of the, one of the classes I remember the most was, was called uh, quantitative analysis. And it was literally um, proving that X times zero equals zero or one plus one equals one. I mean, it was the theory of math. And I really enjoyed that. But you'd write these massive papers with, with, uh, uh, with uh, mathematical equations and structures on them. And you could get to the end of your, of your dissertation, your, your mathematical dissertation and get the wrong answer. And you go, oh, where did I go wrong? And you start going back through the problem. But your, my professor would always say, no, 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 wad the piece of paper up, throw it in the trash or completely wipe the blackboard down and start over. And you think, no, I spent so much time Yep. working on this problem. Let me just find the little place I went wrong. And I'll, I'll never forget this. This has helped me so much in life, Jason, is that you'll never see the problem until you're willing to start over. So there's a, there is a, I think there is a the benefit to saying maybe everything is, maybe my problem was at the very beginning and everything is, is on shaky ground because of something in the beginning or in the middle right? So it's just great to be able to say, let's just start with me. All right. What's my calling? What are my gifts? And am I really supposed to be doing this? And I have this conversation with every worship pastor that I mentor, no matter if they've been doing this for two years or 20 years. And one of my questions I'll ask them is, are you sure you're supposed to be doing this? Because this could be the cause of a lot of your problems that you're kicking against something you were never supposed to do. Um, if you are, then let's talk about your culture. What do you believe about worship? What do you believe about yourself? How does God see you when you worship? Are you performing for man's uh, approval? Or are, you, are you already assured that God has given you his approval for through Christ? Uh, how are you going to work on your gift? Let's get your voice healthy first. Uh, let's work on that voice so that if, like you said earlier, even if it's just you and your voice, you can get up on stage and lead worship. I mean, the voice is the first instrument as far as we know. Uh, in the beginning, God said, that's, that's how creation happened. God yep. spoke. Uh, there's, there's, there's evidence to believe that God sang creation into being. So let's work on the voice first and get the voice healthy. And let's build off of that. Um, you know, that's, again, that's one of the things I help churches with across the country is uh, let's deconstruct and let's put it back together again. There's an old adage that I use all the time. It says, if you don't know how something works, you don't know how to fix it when it breaks. So again, let me, I'll just dig down to that. I think yeah. one, one piece of really good advice I could give to worship pastors across the country is you need to figure out how this thing works. That with your church, with your senior pastor, with your community, with uh, the people that you have available, um, with yourself, you need to figure out how you work in worship ministry. And then how do we push that equation into the church that you're in? There's no simple answer. And even though there's a thread of, of similarity between every worship pastor in the world, every single situation is different. Every single one. The common denominator is, are you called or not? That's big. That's big. And I think that's, that, that's, a, that's a struggle because it's like, as a musician, you go, yeah, I'm a musician and my, my spot in the church is going to be to lead, to lead worship. Cause that's what I do. And like, that's like, that, that's, that's the output of, 
like I play guitar. So I was pushed into this place and it's like, are you, are you, like you said, are you checking a box or are you actually called into that, in, in, in into that role? And uh, knowing that is, you know, knowing that's hard. What do you like? What are some questions you would ask? I'm going to sideline the conversation for a second. What, what are, what are some questions you would ask yourself like to find if it's, if it's your calling. And I mean, cause it's not, it's a, you know, it, you can sit back and go like, yeah, it's my calling. Cause I, cause I'm doing it and that's what I'm doing. Or like, what, what are some questions I should ask myself to actually find out if that is the case? Well, you have to realize that, that life's full of seasons and maybe your season is up and, and that's the best way to, to live in ministry is like this palms open and palms up. God, where do you want us to go? What do you want me to do next? It's when we it's when we tighten our grip on the thing we've been given and we're not going to hang on for dear life. So first of all, we have to we have to realize there are seasons and maybe our season is up. But if you don't feel like your season is up, maybe you're just in a in a in a a, a season of struggle, a season of of doubt and despair, that will turn around. So first of all, stay the course. Um second of all, why, why were you hired in the first place? I, again, there's there are a lot of worship pastors I, 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 I mentor and work with uh, where they're just so frustrated with their job. I'm like, can, I, can you send me your job description? Hmm. And nine times out of 10, what they were hired to do is not what they're actually spending their time doing. So what was it that you were hired to do? Um, were you hired to sing and lead? Did someone see something in you? early on and spoke it over you. Maybe uh, a mentor tapped you on the shoulder. This happens to all of us yep. to say, I believe in you. You've got something. You should pursue this. I'm going to make an, op I'm going to give you opportunity. I'm going to make a way for you to use this gift. Has that happened to you or did you push your way in? If you pushed your way, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just usually not the way <laughs> to, to get into the work of ministry. Uh, you usually have to be called in by someone else. Uh, make sure that you can find that moment in your life where you were literally someone noticed something you already knew about yourself. Because um, if you're a square peg trying to fit in a round hole, you're just always going to have issues. So be honest with yourself about that. And then are you gifted musically? I mean, it sounds like a crazy question to ask, but I know worship pastors who can't sing. Right. I know worship pastors who know nothing about music. They've just been put there because they couldn't find anybody else. You right. know, they were working somewhere else in the church it's a warm body. and someone said, we have to have a worship boy. You're good at administration. You're good at building a team, but are you actually good at leading worship? You have to ask yourself that, is this what I'm good at? And if you don't have an, to me, if you're going to get up there and lead worship, you have to be able to be a musician that has more potential than you're showing. You, you have to be able to grow and learn as a musician. We all know this, Jason. We all know we my wife could never be a worship pastor yeah. because she 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 is tone deaf and she she just gets she can't hit a can't pick up a musical instrument. It's just not in her in her DNA. My kids, just the opposite. Yeah. They could be worship leaders if they wanted to, because they have that musical gift. Do you have a musical gift and can you get better? So number one, were you truly called to this? Did yep. someone come and get you and encourage you and even prophesy over you to say, this is what you should be doing. There probably is somebody that in your life, if you're supposed to do this. And secondly, can you grow musically? Do you even have 
the gift of artistry because that's important. And then the third thing is, do you love this? Because if you don't, I mean, if this is a chore, if this is something you always gripe about, if getting up and making music every, every weekend with your church is a down arrow, well, you're in the wrong position, bro. Right. I mean, come on, this should be, music is fun. Music should light you up. Music should be something you look forward to waking up and hearing, right? Again, I, I go to my wife who is not musical at all. She loves music, but first thing we do when we get in the car is we got to find, I got to find music. And yep. she's like, Hey, we don't have to have music all the time. I'm like, do we? Yeah, don't we? I don't think we kind of do. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's on in the background again. <laughs> all the time. Um, so yeah, so those are three things and, that I would say to any worship pastor that's struggling right now. Again, we'll go over it one more time. Yeah. Were you called to this? Do you have the gift of music? And do you even love what you do? Now, if you can say yes to those three things, there's hope for you. There's a place for you. Yep. Now we just got to figure out how to get you out of that little that little gully that you're in to get your momentum going the the right direction. I love that you took the question and come up to the came up to the thirty thousand foot view, and you know because it's when the question. I mean, we're talking about struggling week to week, and when you're struggling, like you can't. It's hard to get out of it to see the big picture rather than because you're you're just trying to get to the next thing and you're trying to right. you're trying to you know tread water and like you got to come up and go look at the big picture and see what that looks like. Speaking of the big picture, um, talk to us about the circle of worship styles. This is we, you and I have talked about this and I, I think this, like, this is, it kind of blew my mind. Uh, cause it's, it seems so, it seems so, uh, like basic when you actually like break it down, but it's, I think it's so important. So talk to us about that. So, um, you know, you, you've encouraged me on this and several others I've shared this with have encouraged me to write a book about this. So hopefully that's coming next year, but, um, you know, when we look at God, we look at ourselves, uh, we, we see time in a straight line. We see the beginning, the present, and the end. God does not live in a linear time frame because God can see the past, the present, and the future. He can see it all happening at the same time. This is, this is supported by scripture. Yep. When we think about um, something that, that has no beginning and no end, we think of a ring right? We think of a circle. There's no beginning, no end. So if God, and all through the scripture, we, we see um, allusion to uh, God being, um, uh, we see types and shadow. We see things happening over and over and over again. We see some of the same stories happening with each of the prophets. Uh, Jesus didn't do anything in his earthly ministry that wasn't already done in the Old Testament. Yep. Um, it was just, it was, it was, uh, it just took the next step. And I believe, having done this for 35 years, that we're not to walk in a straight line in ministry. We're not to, to go, well, okay, now we're more informed than, than worship leaders were 30 years ago, five years ago, two months ago, right? Worship is going so fast right now. Yep. And, and you can be out of, out of favor in the church in two months just because everything has changed in the new the new is, has come, right? Um, and I've just, I've done this long enough to say, to know, and to tell worship pastors, hey, hold on, just hold on before you sell everything and go to this new thing. Realize all that stuff that you hate or think is old or corny, it's going to come back around. So don't leave it. Don't, don't stay where you are for too long. 
um, that our life should be a circle, just like God is a circle. And we need to continue to revolve around that circle. Think of a, think of a, a tetherball. You ever played tetherball? Absolutely. So you've got the pole stuck in the ground. Of course, first image in my mind is, is the last scene of Napoleon Dynamite, where they're, you know, playing tetherball. Um, but the tetherball goes around and around this pole, right? And the, the more it goes around the pole, the faster it gets until what? It hits the pole and stops. Right. Uh, I see the pole as Christ. And he is the center of that circle. And if we will keep ourselves tethered to Christ, we should be able to go around that circle and we should be able to explore Holy Spirit-led music, uh, liturgical worship, hymns worship, blended worship, um, you know, whatever the next thing is, there we could sit down, you could sit down with worship leaders and you can describe seven or eight different types of worship that are going on right now. And I guarantee you everyone will go, yeah, but that, yeah, that we don't do that anymore. The old fashioned. Oh, yeah, that's old fashioned. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That doesn't, I'm telling you, Jason, again. I keep throwing out this, this number, 35 years. I feel like I've been around the tether pole about a dozen times already. Yep. The hymns have come back at least four times, right? right? Um, liturgical worship is, is come back around for about a third time in, in the modern worship scene. Um, Holy Spirit-led worship had its time in the 60s and 70s, and then it kind of disappeared a little bit. And now it's coming back around again. There are these, if, but if we sit and park in one area, then we look at somebody on the other quadrant of the circle and go, they're wrong. I'm right. They're wrong. Uh, we joke about them. How many times do we look at a, I've done this, uh, watch somebody else's worship service and, and go, uh, see, they don't know what they're doing. Right. That's old school. That I was could, then. I could help them get them. Yeah. yeah that's right. not now. Right. Uh, and I just believe that as worship leaders, as musicians, even how many times have the eighties come back? All right. Now we're on a Well, now we're on a, we're on a nineties kick, right? We're, we're everybody's going back and, and picking up 90 sounds and bringing it back. Everything comes back around again yep. and again and again and again. And if you start to think that you're somebody different and more enlightened than anybody else in the history of man, you're completely wrong. Because what is what does the Bible have to say about that? There's nothing new under the sun. That it's it's already been done. You're just uncovering it another time. Yep. And the best thing that we can do as worship leaders, worship pastors, is learn from where we've been and take it with us and just continue the journey over and over and over again. I think a lot of that struggle comes from uh like the advance in technology and the advance yes. in like my, my, you know, my phone is now outdated because it's a new update. And then I have to go to the next thing and go to the next thing. And that's in the past and this is in the future. And, but you gotta, you gotta step back from that when it comes to worship in the church. Cause it's, I mean, we're going to, you get lost in that. And that's right. Um, you know, and you, how, how often do you buy, you know, you buy gear and it's outdated before you can even implement it. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you buy it cause it's, because and then you're buying last year's gear and all those kind of things, yeah. and I get just and and how and now you know you talk to you talk to musicians that have done this a long time and they're back to they're back to old school amps, yep. And they're they want the tracks gone. I don't want to play with tracks anymore. In fact, right. I don't want to play with click anymore. I want to be a real band and go back to the way it used to be. My favorite phrase. That is, I want to be a real band. No more click. Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So the, everything's out there, and it it all comes back around, and so. What we don't want to do necessarily is plant our flag 
for a long period of time. And this is, Jason, this is why I run across so many worship pastors that are like, I give up. I can't do this anymore. Because you're always just, trying to appease somebody. And yeah, or somebody's you're, always you're angry always running after the next thing, which look, in in some regard, that's not that's not a bad thing. We should always be growing and learning and and searching. Right. Uh, I, one of our one of our teaching pastors at Church on the Move said this the other day. He said, one of my core values is to be inquisitive. Mm-hmm. I always want to be asking questions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great. That's how we grow. That's how we understand we're not God. We don't have God figured out if we there's still questions to ask. Um, and I, I just, I want to encourage older worship leaders that your time's not done, that if you'll yep. hang on, if you'll find significance where you are, if you'll work on your craft and your voice and your appearance, honestly, and, and understand that your calling is forever and not just for a season, then hang on because what you know those younger worship leaders are going to need. Yep. They're going to need you in a in at some point and you need to be there for them. And too many older worship leaders are walking away to go do something else and they're leaving the next gener- two generations behind with nobody to lean on for inspiration and information. And I do, again, I think that's one of my callings as well is just to go I I have a lot in here and I have a lot in here. Yep. And I need to give it to as many people as possible. Oh, that's amazing. That's awesome. I mean, um, I imagine like, I imagine, you know, as this podcast is playing, there's a worship leader driving down the road or out for a jog. Do worship leaders jog? I don't know. But uh, out for out for a, a trot, a tro- a walk, maybe. Um, and they're thinking, you know, they're having a hard time keeping their head above water with, you know, the I, we talked about the ever changing culture, the ever changing world, you know, coming in and out of COVID with you know, online in on in person, online in person. Should we sing? Should we not sing? Um, like, and then we 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 want to get better and do things. Um, like, how can I get better if I don't have time to maintain the like what's happening? And what would you say to that person that's kind of going? I I want to get better. I want to I want to do I want to better myself. But like, I'm I'm trying to even. It's hard to like manage the ever changing culture, and and be better at myself. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just existing week to week. Yeah. Where's I would at? say a lot of that is self-inflicted. Um, you put too much pressure on yourself or you say yes to too many things. Mm. It's like I said earlier, if we were to, if, if we were to look at your job description, when you got hired, if you even had one at your church, I guarantee the very first thing at the top would be, or should be lead our church and worship every weekend. Mm-hmm. So that should be the bulk, the priority of what you do. Well, how do you do that? Well, you've got to be a worshiper yourself. You have to have a, you have to have a voice that commands the room, that, that encourages people to follow you on your ascent up the mountain of God into his throne room. That should be number one. If anything starts to take away from that, you have to question it. And, and I, honestly, I'll, I'll, I'll sit in with senior pastors and battle this out with them mm-hmm. because you know they're like, well, they only... You know, what, what's the worst pastor going to do? They're only working four hours a week. Yeah, not really. Um, you'd be surprised if you were to allow a worship pastor to have more freedom to discover music, to engage with other artists in the community, yeah. to be able to train themselves, because there's a lot of senior pastors out there that all they do is, is read and write and pray and get ready for the weekend. Now, right. look, I am not putting myself on the same plane as a senior work, as a senior pastor at a church. That is not what God's calling me to do. And much respect. I do not want that 
job. I've told God that. Don't make me senior pastor. Can you imagine writing a sermon every week? I don't know. I I cannot. I I can't imagine. I cannot. But I also tell uh, senior pastors that, that don't understand their worship leader. I'm like, okay, so why don't you try this? You do your message, preach your message with, with ear monitors in and hearing a click and somebody talking and four other voices singing around you and a whole band behind you that you're trying to get across the finish line. And oh yeah, you gotta, you gotta say the right thing, sing the right thing and be awesome and do it all in 20 minutes. So that's a different type of pressure than any other. So it, you're, if you, okay. So if you can sing and you have the guts to get up in front of people and they will actually listen to you and follow you uh, in the leading of the Holy spirit and worship, then you are a very rare breed, my friend. Yep. Very rare. And you should be, you should devote as much of your time as you can to that. Now you, you're, you're going to go to your senior pastor or your executive team and go, Hey, take everything off my plate. I just want to sing. Uh, that's a tough conversation. I think you need to look at what you've been asked to do. And if you were to be a full-time musician, what would that look like in your life? I was, I was a full-time musician uh, for uh, over 20 years. And what did I do? I sang, I produced, I wrote music, I sang again, and I went somewhere and traveled and I sang again. And then I worked on my vocal and I worked with other musicians and I sang again. That was a full-time job. Uh, one of the greatest things my, uh, my team leader told me when I first got to church on the move, he's now our uh, uh, senior pastor with George. He just said, look, I understand what you do and what you bring to the table. He's like, as long as it's awesome on the weekend, I don't care how many hours you work. I don't care if you have an office here. I've hired you to be our lead musician. So whatever it takes to do that, that's what I want you to do. do that. And again, one of the things I help worship leaders with is let's talk about your, your schedule. I, there's, a, there's a friend of mine at a church, won't tell you his name or his church, but we were in this position and I just sat with him for a couple of hours and I said, okay, if I was your boss and I saw what you're struggling with, I would say, let's cut this, 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 and this off your plate. I'm like, why are those even on your plate right now? Well, because I volunteered for them. All right. You need to go into your pastor and you need to say, can I not do these anymore? Can I hand them off to somebody else? And you know what the pastor said? Great. Does that mean you're going to spend more time making music? I love that. And so many worship pastors have a fear of having that conversation because they're afraid they're going to get fired. Right. It's the fear of like the fear of saying, I can't do it, or I can't be there. Or, I can't, I don't measure up to it or um, right. yeah, that's yeah. And you, you, and then you hand them off and you realize like everybody, like you're a better person and that product's going to be better and everything's going to be better because you're doing what you're called to do. That's right. Oh, Amen, that's brother. Can you, can you displace the myth uh, that musicians arrive and no longer need to practice? Oh, man. <laughs> you know, I, there, what we can't do is look at the freaks. There are freaks out there, right? There's, a, there's Prince, right? Or there's, right. Uh, you know, how many, how many people are just like, you know, there's a Stevie Wonder that just, it's just, they're, they're magical, if I can say that <laughs> word, you know? Um, they can just, it's effortless and they can do everything we can't compare ourselves to freaks. There are very few really um, like one of a kind musicians out there, but anything you do, you want to get better at. Right. 
you have to get better at. If you don't, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. So everything in creation, even the, even the most, um, uh, the most solid, uh, the most solid material in the earth, let's just say a diamond, right? A diamond is still growing in its luster or it's losing its luster. Mm. So if we're not growing, we're decaying. And I see this with musicians. I see it with myself um, is that if you're not working on your gift, if you're not surrounding yourself with musicians who are better than you are, who are, are kicking your rear end to try and keep up with them. If you don't have a hunger to get better, then maybe you're in the wrong position. Mm -hmm. We talked about that earlier. You got to love music. And if you love music, you want to know more about it. You want to get better at what you do. You want to become a better singer, a better songwriter, a better player, a better arranger, or you want to surround yourself with people who are better at that than you so they can help pull you along. Well, this, this podcast is called The Table, uh, and I believe good conversation happens around good food because yep. um, it should. And that's whenever you have good food in front of you, people like, or good coffee, like that's when, that's when conversation happens. So say I was invited over to the Christmas house for dinner. Uh, what, what would you be making? I would be making a call to Grubhub. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I saw this, I saw this meme today that said, um, sure. I would love to work for hours on a meal, preparing and cleaning it up so that everyone could enjoy it for seven minutes. And I'm just like, that is my wife and I, I'm telling you, that's just kind of our attitude. We're, we're, we're restaurant aficionados. Like you ask us any restaurant in most big cities in America, we'll write down a list for you and go, okay, here's <laughs> is, great food. Go eat right here. here. <laughs> right. Um, but you know, where, I think. Well, where are you going when you call Grubhub then? What, what is your food of choice? Oh man. Uh, there's a place here called Fat Guys. Their wings are amazing. Ooh. I just had those the other night. They're awesome. Um, you know, we, we on our, for our 35th anniversary, um, sorry, our 30th anniversary got canceled because of COVID uh, yep. back in March, 2020. And we had these big plans to go to New York city and we ended up having Grubhub in our, and we, we ordered it from a place, uh, here in, in Tulsa called, uh, uh, Bluestone and it was lobster and steak and all this stuff that arrived just about, you know, 20 degrees cooler than it should have been. And, yep. you know, but it was great. I, you know, I don't know we're, we're, um, uh, I don't know. My wife makes a mean grilled cheese. And let me tell you something. If, if you know the difference between grilled cheeses, a good one and a great one, you have to have my wife's grilled cheese. Oh. I mean, it really just, I don't know what she does. She's got some touch that she does with it. And it's amazing. She's over there with Kraft Singles. You didn't even know it. The whole time it's been Kraft Singles and, and white yeah. bread. And you're like, hey. I don't even look. I'm gonna say, I only want to know the magic. Don't tell it. me. I just want to eat it. I just want to eat it and love it. We did. I did Instagram live with Mark, and he that guy can cook. He's he told yeah, he told yeah. me all about his food, and I was like, mm -hmm. I'm coming over. We're gonna oh, yeah, man, jambalaya, that, he's, he's and a all southern the boy. Oh yeah, learn his mama, man, his mama. Uh, I had Thanksgiving. Jack and I had Thanksgiving uh, at her house. Our very first Thanksgiving together, and we had it at Mark's mom's house, and it Oof. was oh, I, we still talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, yeah. what are you doing next Thanksgiving? Yeah. You know, it, what are you doing next Tuesday? Let's have Thanksgiving. Yeah. On a, <laughs> That's amazing. Um, that's awesome. Tell us, you know, tell us how we can connect with you. Like what are, what are the ways we can get a hold of you and connect with you and social media? You talked about a book maybe coming and like, what is this, this next season's kind of changing? What are the ways we can connect? Yeah, absolutely. AndyChrisman.net has all, all of my information there. You can learn about my radio show about the ministry I'm doing 
uh, on my own. Uh, just, you know, if you want vocal coaching, if you want, um, if you want church worship coaching, uh, coaching, if you want mentoring, that's what I do. Um, we've got some pretty fun things with some people you, you know, um, that are probably coming uh, early May, late April, that we'll be uh, pretty excited about. I'll let you know all about that when those when those get publicized. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and you can find me on Instagram at Andy Chrisman. So I'm pretty, I'm the only Andy Chrisman out there pretty much. That's pretty awesome. So that, that's, that is a, I, I always tease Mark Harris about it. Cause there's like a million Mark Harris's. <laughs> so you kind of have to search to find him, but Andy Chrisman, there's only a few of us out there and there, I'm about the only one that has any online kind of presence. So all you got to do is search my name and on social media or, or go to andychrisman.net and you can find out all the stuff that I'm up to. That's amazing. There's a, there is a Jason Squires celebrity photographer. Yeah. And so uh, when you search my name in Google images, you get pictures of like Adam Levine and Britney Spears. It's really, it's, a, it's confusing when you're like that. Is this one, Jason? No, is that one, Jason? No, is this one? This one, Jason. So I, Dude, I you need to turn that into some backstage passes, bro. I mean, I just kind of wore my name tag and come in That's and right. show up, show up a place. Right. I, I could do it. Hey, thank you so much for hanging out today and uh, sharing with us the wisdom and the, all the stuff that you've done. 35 years of ministry uh, coming into uh, and just the, the I think this, the, the first of all, the circle of worship styles I've um, since we've talked about it has been kind of running through my head. You start seeing things in a different light. And just I hope that this podcast um, is I hope that this conversation is helpful to those that are listening. And uh, like I said, driving down the road pull over and make sure you write, write those things down and, uh, and, you know, hit, hit the back button and listen to it again, just to kind of process through those. So, um, but yeah, Andy, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. That was fun. And I just want to, can I just say one more thing to worship pastors that are listening out there? It's not over. Look, if you need to take a break, take a break. Mm. If God's given you a gift of music, it's to glorify him. So just, just take a breath if you can. If you got to walk away for a season, walk away for a season. If if you've just got to get your head clear, go be with the people that that bring you life. But don't give up. Mm-hmm. I just, it breaks my heart when I see great musicians who are serving the church just give up because of a million different reasons. Don't give up. There is hope for you. God has given you this beautiful gift. Uh, I believe music is a language of heaven and will celebrate music for eternity. So you are, you are one of the, you're one of the uh, clues that heaven exists. When you can sing and make music, you are a clue that heaven is real. So don't give up. Amen. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to today's podcast. Hey, would you do us a favor and like or subscribe to the podcast as well as leave us a review? Um, we just we would really appreciate that. And also check us out on Instagram at Worship Leader Podcast, as well as at Worship Leader. You can follow me at Jason underscore Squires. Uh, we are gonna uh, we're looking forward to next week, and we will see you guys then.